come a long way since you brought that POS to Applebee's, didn't we? I take my orders from Kent. But like they had to clear the runway, it was like, you know, turkeys going across the, the runway. Way to tie that together, Cody. That's why you're a professional, man. I like it. Boot up. All right, welcome back to another edition of Boot Up, the LSU Basketball Podcast. I am Cody Worsham, digital media reporter for LSU Athletics. Excited to bring you episode two of season four of Boot Up, the LSU Basketball Podcast. Yes, way back in the spring around the NBA draft, we did do episode one for season four. But this this is the first episode of the 2021-2022 season for LSU Basketball. And it's a season that I am excited about. And I can't wait to see the Tigers in action. Um, they're going to get underway, by the way, on Saturday in Thibodeau, Saturday, October 23rd, in Thibodeau against Nichols State. That's an exhibition game uh, for charity. All proceeds will go to Hurricane Relief uh, from Hurricane Ida. It'll take place in Stouffer Gymnasium on the Nichols campus. You can get tickets at NicholsTickets.com or call 985 448 Four seven nine zero, or you could show up uh, day of and, and buy tickets for ten dollars. Again, all proceeds to Hurricane Relief, and that will be inside Stouffer Gymnasium, which is a gymnasium that I know very well because I spent a year of my basketball career at Nickel State. So I'm excited for this game personally, but I'm also excited to see the Tigers in action. I will not be there on Saturday. I'll be in Oxford for LSU's football game against Ole Miss, but I will be watching the tape afterward and excited to get a first look at this LSU basketball team, which as you know, is a very, very new-look team. Only four returning scholarship players for LSU in Darius Days, Mwani Wilkinson, Sharif O'Neal, and Eric Gaines. The rest are fresh faces and a lot of new guys to introduce to you. As fans of the LSU basketball program, a lot of guys will be seeing in action for the first time. So what I want to do on today's show, and by the way, before I get into today's show, a little programming note. The goal, and I can't believe I'm holding myself to this standard, but I will. The goal for boot up this season will be one episode every week, at least one episode every week for the remainder of the season. Now I'm holding myself to that standard. It's going to be a difficult standard to, uh, to reach based on, you know, not only the other podcasts that I do, I hate fighting podcasts, official podcast of LSU football, but the number of other responsibilities I have here with LSU athletics. However, I am excited about the season and I do believe this is a season that we should uh, dedicate as much podcast space to the Tigers as we possibly can. So a big thanks to our friends at Cards and Culture who bring you this podcast and who bring you Hey Fighting Podcast and all the podcasts here at LSU Sport, our friends at Cards and Culture. It's an incredible place. If you love basketball, like you're going to walk into Cards and Culture and fall in love. They have so much cool stuff, throwback jerseys, Space Jam jerseys, uh, WNBA jerseys. They have art. They have lots of uh, original designs with Ball is Life and so many cool things, shoes. If you're into basketball culture, uh, cards and culture is the place for you. It's just, it's just a natural fit. I love, I love being in there and um, the the vibes that are, that are present as soon as you walk in. Uh, even if you don't buy anything, just showing up and spending time there, you're going to leave feeling better. So big thanks to them for bringing our podcast as always. Okay, so what I want to do today is um, two things. One, I want to share some practice observations that I've seen from the couple of practices I've seen and help introduce some of the new players you're going to be, be seeing for the Tigers this year. Then I also want to mix in some sound bites from Will Wade, who had his first press conference of, of the season, uh, probably about a little less than two weeks ago. Uh, and I've had the sound saved for a little while. Wanted to save it for this podcast. I'm sure he's going to preview 
the Nichols game uh, next week. I'm actually recording this on Friday. It's not going to be released until the middle of next week, but I wanted to get a jump start. I'm, I'm sure Will Wade will update um, some things between now and then, but I wanted to share this audio um, of him from his first press conference and go through a few items uh, one at a time. So let's jump into it. I think the most fitting place to start with this team is Darius Days. And anyone that's listened to this podcast for, for four seasons knows that for four seasons, I've been very, very high on the Darius Days uh, hype train. And it's been really fun to watch him develop in four years at LSU. In that first year where they make the tournament, he's uh, he's a he's a role player, but a really important role player. And over the next two years, he develops into a, a bigger and bigger piece of what LSU's doing offensively, where last year he was the most efficient player in the SEC. But the big transition for days this year, and look, LSU was really, I don't want to say fortunate, but LSU's... Um, is is very happy to have him back. He's going to be a huge part of any success they have this year. Yesterday he was named um, second team all conference, which it felt a little bit um, felt a little bit like he got robbed there. Maybe he deserved a little bit higher than that. But regardless, uh, Days is, is going to be a big part of what LSU does this year. But his role is is going to change dramatically. In the last couple of years, Days has been a complementary piece. And this year, he's going to have to be a primary piece. He's going to have to be a primary weapon for LSU. And he's been that at times, um, but he's been a guy that's had a lot of things created for him in his time at LSU. He's had the benefit of, in his freshman year, a Tremont Waters, or in his sophomore year, a Skyler Mays, and his junior year, a, a Javante Smart playing alongside him or, or creating for him. He's had the benefit of, in, in previous years, Trenton Watford or Nas Reed to play off of inside of the post. This year, he's going to go from being the guy that complements their game to being the guy that sort of dictates what LSU does uh, a lot offensively. Now, don't get me wrong. He's not going to be you know, the primary playmaker on this team. Other guys are, are going to be moving into that role, but he's going to have to be a, a primary scorer and a consistent threat for LSU in a way that he hasn't done before. So that's a step up for him. Now, I'll say that with that step up, he's taking it extremely seriously. Uh, anecdotally, I can tell you this, I, I go lift weights. I did go lift weights before football season started. It's been a little bit harder since football started. I would go lift three times a week in the the same gym that the basketball team works out in. And I would see days in there every single time that I was over there getting in work on his own, running on the treadmill, Doing some some um, some light mobility work. Sometimes doing some heavier lifting. I talked to him. He was uh, he, he seemed engaged. Certainly getting the extra work in. But going out and watching him practice the last couple of weeks, his body's transformed. Uh, and it becomes a cliche in sports and basketball. The guy's in the best shape of his life. There is no question that Darius Days is in the best shape of his life. All you, all you have to do is go out there and watch him and look at him. When you see him on the floor this year, you'll, you'll, you'll see it. His body's transformed. He looks he looks phenomenal, and that's going to be huge because he's a guy that for different reasons, hasn't been able to extend in terms of minutes. Um, I think we're all familiar with his his foul troubles and his getting into foul trouble and, and not being able to play extended minutes for that reason. But last year, he only averaged 28 minutes a game. And I say only, that's that's still a significant chunk of, of playing playing time. But he's going to need to play more than 28 minutes per game. And, and I'm, I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. Last year, he played 64.8% of available minutes for LSU. As a sophomore, he played 58.3% of available minutes for LSU. As a freshman, he played 35.5% of available minutes. He's going to have to be in the 80s this year for LSU. He's going to have to be 30, 32, 34 minutes a game. Part of that is, of course, going to be foul trouble, staying out of foul trouble. 
um, which he he did a better job of last year. If you look at his foul rate, he committed for us. Uh, this is crazy. 7.4 fouls per 40 minutes as a freshman, 4.9 fouls per 40 minutes as a sophomore, 4.7 fouls per 40 minutes as a junior. Those numbers went up in conference about five per 40 minutes. Th- those are going to have to come down. He's going to have to stay out of foul trouble. But, you know, part of his foul trouble has been fatigue in the past. And he, he's in incredible shape. He's changed his diet. Um, part of what we're going to do on the podcast this year is um, extended interviews with some of these guys. I've already interviewed Days. I interviewed Pinson. I've interviewed Moani Wilkinson. Um, we'll use those in multiple places, but we'll use them on the podcast. So they'll come a little bit later in the season. I want to save those for later in the season. Um, but Days talked to me extensively about how he's changed his diet. And and you can tell it comes, it comes through very clearly. Here's Will Wade talking about... Darius days as he prepares for his senior season and what we hope will be his best season. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. I mean, the first step of leadership is, is handling your own business. And, um, you know, he's been a tremendous student. He shows up to everything on time. He's early. You know, he sets a, he sets the standard for what we for what we want to do and what we want to be about. And the other guys, the other guys understand that he's also able to, um, you know, interpret things for, you know, interpret what I say for the rest of the group on, on, on some things. And, you know, he, he's taken the next step with his leadership. He's, he's always been somebody who leads by example, but he's been a lot more vocal this year, making sure he knows that you can't do it alone. And we've, sometimes we've tried to do it. You can't just do it by yourself. Like you got to have other guys coming with you. You got to have other guys moving with you. And Darius has, uh, has taken that on. He's going to have a career year this year, his best year. And you know he's he's um, he's he's done everything we've asked since he's been here, and we want to we want to pay it off here in his senior year, and make sure he has his best year um, as he um, as he moves forward. Since y'all know I love numbers, let me give you some numbers on Darius Days and his improvement through the years, and and not just the surface level stuff, but what he means to the team and what he means in terms of impact. So he comes in as a freshman, uh, as a role player, as I mentioned earlier, and he's a five point three points per game. Um, a little over three rebounds a game um, contributor to a really good team. But the next year his role expands and he goes up to 11.1 points per game and about seven rebounds per game. But his sophomore year was interesting because he didn't shoot the ball as efficiently as we know he's capable of doing. Only 29.5% from three. Um, He was still very, very efficient inside the paint. But he took a real jump last year as a junior going up to almost 12 points a game, uh, eight rebounds per game, shooting 40% from three, 39.2% from three in SEC play, 70% from the line. Um, Didn't get to the free throw line as much as he had earlier in his career. And his rebounding numbers um, ticked up on the defensive side, down on the offensive side but was the most efficient player in the SEC offensively. Um, so so we know what Days can do offensively, but a lot of what that was last year and really throughout his career has been as a spot-up guy. So according to Synergy, 96 points, uh, excuse me, 96 of his points last year, uh, of his 320 points, came in spot-up situations where he was exceptional. 1.3 points per possession in, in spot-up situations um, was a knockdown shooter. And then he gets a lot of stuff on offensive rebounds. That's the two primary places where he scores his most points. In both of those places, he's extremely efficient. Where he's going to have to probably tick up a little bit this year is either in the pick-and-roll game, which I think LSU will use quite a bit, um, or just in in, in pure post-up play or Um, pick-and-pop. He's got that in him, some face-up game on the wing. He's got that ability. He just hasn't tapped into it much, mostly because he hasn't needed to. There's been other guys that... Um, have have had that role. And I'll be curious to see how that develops. I've seen it a little bit 
in practice. I've seen the game. Um, but but look, what we know is that if Darius Days is open, he's going to knock down shots. Like his numbers on on uh, unguarded, uncontested shots are incredible. 1.5 points per possession last year. Shot 50% on on unguarded shots, most of those from three. So that's that's an incredible incredible figure. And, and if he gets open looks this year, we know he will knock them down. But I, I mentioned some of the deeper stats, and you guys know how much I love Darius Days. I've been talking about him for five minutes now. He, he he makes an impact in wins and losses. Last year, LSU scored 1.14 points per possession when he was on the floor, just one point per possession when he was off the floor. So if you extrapolate that over 100 possessions, LSU was 14 points better per 100 possessions when he's on the floor. And they outscored opponents by 13 points per 100 possessions when he was on the floor, just two points per 100 possessions when he was off. So it makes a difference of 11 points per 100. Um, he, he That's the biggest number on the team, to put that in context. It's not even close. He makes a massive difference. When it comes to winning, everything is better when he's on the floor. The offensive rebound better. Their two-point shooting percentage goes up by 7%. Their three-point percentage goes up by 7 to 8%. Um, they get more assists. They make more threes. They take more threes. They rebound better on defense. Their defensive numbers are better. Everything is better when Days is on the floor. And I'll be curious to see if that's been because he's been a complimentary guy or now he can be the lead dog. I think he's ready for it. That's going to be the challenge for him. I know mentally he's ready for it. I talked about his physical preparation for the season. The other thing that I've noticed about Days is his leadership. And what I mean by that is when you're in practice, he's the most vocal guy. He's the the glue keeping everyone together. After practice, he goes around, he shakes everyone's hand that's in the gym. He's um, he's the face of the program. He's, he's ready for it. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that his play translates into that because I think it could be a really, really good year for Days. And I said – his sophomore season, I said Darius Days, if he sticks around for four years, could be an SEC Player of the Year candidate. He's put himself in that position this year, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Okay, that's a, uh, a long-winded explanation of why I'm excited about Darius Days. I could talk about that guy for, for an entire episode if I wanted to. I want to stick with the leadership on the team. If you remember last year, Will Wade implemented a new leadership system where he appointed three team captains within the team. Uh, it was Javante Smart, Trinidad Watford, Darius Days last year. And then he kind of split the team up into three pods, and each pod was sort of graded consistently on a number of factors. I think it's like five different factors, both related to basketball and off the court things, going to class, being respectful. Um, Days was one of those guys last year. Of course, he's one of those guys this year. But there's two new faces on LSU's leadership team, and it's Xavier Pinson and Mawani Wilkinson. I want to start with Mawani Wilkinson because he's a guy that you'll be a little more familiar with as one of those scholarship guys who was back last year. And I know that I just said Darius Days was the most efficient player in the SEC last year. If Mawani Wilkinson had been eligible for that stat, he would have been the most efficient player in the SEC last year. He, his numbers are, are through the roof uh, in terms of efficiency. His offensive rating was 146.0, which is something I've never seen before. His effective field goal percent, percentage was 80.4. His true shooting percentage was 79.3. Like These are through the roof offensive numbers. Now, the reason they were through the roof is because of his limited role. He only used 8.8% of possessions. That's a extremely low number. He was basically a guy that spotted up in the dunker spot, a guy that got a lot of putbacks, a lot of easy shots, a lot of dunks. I, I could go back and look at it, and maybe I will after I play the clip from Will Wade uh, here in a second. But most of his shots were probably layups, dunks, free throws. He took five threes on the season, made two of them, so 40%. It's a nice round number, but obviously a small sample size. Um, he's going to have a much bigger role this year. Now, will he be a 15 to 20-point-a-game guy? 
No, but he's going to be a huge piece of what LSU does, not just in terms of you know offensively and getting some buckets and generating some offense, but defensively, he's going to be their go-to stopper. Uh, and then leadership-wise, he's going to really set the tone for this team in a number of ways, a, a different type of leader, a quieter leader, a guy that, I, as I mentioned earlier, had a conversation with um, very recently about his leadership style, but a super competitive guy that sort of, I think, is the quiet engine of this team. Uh, especially on defense, where we know LSU has to get much, much better. They actually improved last year defensively, um, 124th in defensive rating, which is not good, but it's better than it was the year before, which was 179th. Um, but you got to get back to where you were in, in 2018-19, which was in the top 60 defensively, and you had a top 10 offense, and that's good enough to make a sweet 16. LSU's got to get back in that that category. And one of the things I've noticed from practice is Will Wade, when they're working on defense, he keeps saying that number over and over again, 124th in defense. We're not going to be 124th in defense again. Uh, LSU's got to see that number get better. And Mawani Wilkinson and his play is going to be a huge part of that. So here's Will Wade talking about Mawani Wilkinson and his role this season. You know, nobody in our programs made a bigger jump than Mawani Wilkinson. And, and you know, he was he, he played for us last year, started a bunch of games for us last year. There's nobody that's had a better offseason in our program than Mawani. I mean, he's going to look like a new player, especially on the offensive end. Uh, when people uh, when people see him, they're going to be shocked. Mwani played 27 games for LSU last year, 14 starts, 17 minutes a game, shot 78.4% from the field. And as I said before the Will Wade clip, I went back and looked at the uh, the actual numbers from Mwani Wilkinson last year and how his points were distributed. And as anticipated, they were, um, they were unusual, but they were unusually efficient as well. So he scored 45 points last season. In total, he scored uh, 94 points last year in uh, in those games. 45 of them, so almost half of them, came on cuts, which if you pull up the clips, they're basically layups around the rim. And he was 19 of 21 on those shots, which is 90.5%. It's an outrageous number. The other big bulk of his points came from offensive rebounds. He had 33 points. So you're looking at 45 points on cuts, 33 on putbacks. That's 78 of his 94 points. The rest you know, come at the free throw line. Um, he had very little in transition, which I think – is a place he could approve this year. Only six points in transition. Now, part of that is because he had to rebound a ton for LSU last year. I think with his athleticism, he could get out and run and be a Marlon Taylor type of threat in transition uh, if LSU has the distributor to push it and get it to him, which we'll talk about here in a second. But he had six points on spot-ups, which was a very limited sample size. It was those two threes that I mentioned earlier that he knocked down. That will be more a part of his game. I've seen him knock down a couple threes in practice this year. I don't think he's going to turn into a sniper this year and be a, a huge threat from the three-point line, but I think he's a guy that can help you offensively, particularly slashing, putting it on the floor, trying to get to the rim a little bit. But he'll, he'll still live off those cuts and offensive rebounds. That'll still be a big part of what he does. But I think they'll have some. They'll put him in some spots that he can make some things happen. And I still think getting out and running in, on the break in transition is a place that he can thrive. Now, in order to do that, He's going to need somebody to get him the ball. And that's where Xavier Pinson steps in. The third part of this, this three-headed triumvirate of leadership. And Xavier Pinson, for those who have watched SEC basketball closely over the last couple of years, will recognize that name because he's been a big part of what Missouri has done in the last couple of seasons. Uh, he played three seasons at Missouri. He was on the floor for that amazing comeback that LSU had in 2018-2019 uh, at Missouri, a game that I was at, which was one of the most unbelievable sporting events 
that I've ever seen in my life. And it's funny, I was interviewing Milwani, uh, excuse me, I was interviewing Xavier the other day and asked him about that. And he said, there's not a day that goes by at LSU that he doesn't get reminded of it by his teammates. So interestingly enough, Days was the only guy uh, on the floor. And I didn't even mention this with Days earlier. Days is going to be the first guy that Will Wade has coached for four years uh, in his entire coaching career because he was only at Chattanooga for two years, only at VCU for two years. So as a head coach, this will be the first guy that Will Wade has coached for four years in Darius Days, which is interesting. Back to Pinson. He's a guy that's been a big part of Missouri's offense for the last couple of years. Um, if you go back and look at the stats, he averaged 13.6 points per game last year, 2.9 assists, 2.7 rebounds. A year before that, he was a double-figure scorer at 11.1 points per game. Um, he's been up and down from the three-point line. As a freshman, he was 40%. As a sophomore, similar to days, he dropped down into the 20s at 28%. Last year, he was back up to 34%. So he's a guy that can score from the outside, create his own shot. That was his role at Missouri. But the interesting thing that I picked up from from Xavier in my conversation with him, it's one of the reasons he wanted to come to LSU and transfer over here is, is that he feels like he has a lot to his game that he hasn't been able to show. And that's as a pure point guard. Now, if you go back and look at the numbers and you look at the rosters that Missouri's had the last couple of years, they've had some backcourt depth where Pinson, who fancies himself and envisions himself as more of a true point guard, has played a little bit more off the ball. Drew Smith has been there the last couple of years. He's been a really good player for them as a playmaker. Um, but but Pinson kind of took a, a, a secondary role in the backcourt as more of a, a scoring guard. You had Mark Smith there, who's a really good three-point shooter. Um, so Pinson was almost the secondary playmaker, similar to what Javante Smart or even Skyler Mays went through when Tremont Waters was here. Skyler ended up developing, obviously, into more of a, a shooting guard at the collegiate level, but both he and Javante came in as true point guards, and Javante played off the ball his first couple of years and then moved into the point guard position once once Tremont left. And that's where Pinson comes in this year, and LSU loses Javante Smart. They lose their primary playmaker at the point guard position. Um, they lose Jalen Cook to the transfer. They needed somebody come in to, to come in that could help them immediately at that spot, and uh, excuse me, Pinson will be that guy. Now, Eric Gaines, we saw last year, he did some phenomenal things down the stretch for LSU, particularly in the SEC tournament. He had some some really good games. Um, who was it against? Was it against Arkansas and Ole Miss that he really played well and, and gave him a shot in the arm? Um, we, we know that Eric Gaines can make plays, and we'll talk about him a little bit more probably in another episode because um, I've seen a lot from him that I've liked in, in, in practice this fall. But Pinson comes in and, and kind of gives you that that uh, instant jolt of, of point guard that you needed. Now, the key will be, can he successfully make that transition? Just like Darius Days going from a complimentary piece to a primary piece, can Xavier Pinson come in and be a true point guard? Will Wade certainly thinks so. Uh, I'll tell you one thing now. Uh, Xavier Pinson, is re- he's better than I thought. Uh, he, he's been a huge surprise. And I'm not just talking, I mean, I knew he was a good basketball player, but just being able to play point guard and pass and see the floor, and uh, he's as good as I've seen at getting down the seams and creating rotation and drives. He, he, he's going to be really, really good for us. Where Pinson really thrived offensively at Missouri was in the pick and roll and as a spot-up guy. And I think what you'll see from LSU this year will be different than what we've seen certainly last year. Last year, LSU had a ton of great isolation scores, whether it was Cam Thomas, whether it was um, Javante Smart, Trim Watford, those guys were really good at creating their own shot. This year's team, I think, is going to be less about creating their own shot and more about playing within the offense. I think there's going to be a lot more sets. I think there's going to be a lot more ball movement. You'll still see the screen and roll and all that stuff. But I, but I think offensively, this team will move it a little bit more. 
And I think Pinson reflects that that skill set where he struggled. He had he wasn't great in transition last year. He wasn't a he was an okay isolation scorer, not great. Um, the biggest thing for him is obviously just going to be transitioning to being a guy that got created for or had to create for himself to being one that creates for others. I, I think he's got the skill set. I've seen it in practice some, but it's it's a big role adjustment. And we saw Javante Smart go through it a little bit when he made the step from a two guard to a one guard. Pitts is not going to have the time to transition. They're going to need him to step up right away. Certainly Gaines is right there going to be pushing him for minutes. And we know that he certainly can be dynamic and electric. It's going to be about finding consistency for him. But I think overall, when you look at Pinson, when you look at Days, when you look at Mawani, that's the core leadership group of this team. Now, look, there's a, there's a ton of other complementary pieces around this team. And I, I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about what I've seen from those guys. And this will be less about what, what Will um, said in his press conference and more about just my general observations uh, of this team and some of the new faces and what, what you might see on Saturday against Nichols, but also moving forward into the regular season for LSU. So let me start with a guy that I think could be thrust immediately into the starting lineup. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because we know that Will Wade likes to mix up his rotations. We know that Will Wade um, doesn't settle on a starting lineup early in the season. And if things aren't going well at some point, he's not afraid to tinker. But a guy that every time I go out to practice and I walk away impressed with is Brandon Murray. Now, that may not have been the name that you're expecting to hear based on the hype coming into the season and maybe some of the big transfers that LSU got, maybe some of the higher ranked recruits that LSU got. But every time I go out to practice, Brandon Murray sticks out and shines um, from a number of reasons. The one, he's knocking down a ton of shots. Um, he, he Every time he fires one from three, it looks like it goes in. Um, the, the thing that really stands out about him, though, is his motor and his toughness. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that LSU fans love watching. You'll hear Will say that in a second. But he's an absolute grinder. He loves the game. He's got a similar type of personality to days where, um, and in fact, that's kind of the comparison I like to make. Uh, after practice, he goes around, he shakes everyone's hand. He, he wants to kind of be be a, be a face of the program, if you will. And that, that won't be his role necessarily this year, but I think it's a, a piece that, that, that he could have later in his career, certainly. But I think he's going to be a huge component to what LSU does this season. And one thing that stands out to me about Murray, when you look at his, his track record coming in, is how much he jumped up in the recruiting rankings right before he signed with LSU. He was kind of under the radar when LSU signed him, like borderline three-star, four-star. By the time he left IMG, he was a top 100 player. And the trajectory to his career is, um, is really impressive. And I, th- I think it's just taken off where, um, where where he left off at the high school level. I'm going back and looking at Will Wade's uh, press release whenever Brandon Murray signed. His quote really stands out. We're really, we're, excuse me, we're glad to have Brandon Murray sign with LSU basketball. Brandon is a prolific scorer and shooter. He's one of the hardest workers I have ever recruited. He's a rugged, tough player on both ends. His ability to score makes him an exciting addition to our team for the 2021-2022 season. Now, the elephant in the room is that LSU loses Cam Thomas, a first-round pick, to the NBA draft, and he's already started doing incredible things with the New Jersey Nets. You're not going to have that kind of player for LSU this season, and this is going to be a different-look team than anything we've seen under Will Wade. And I think it's why LSU got picked sixth in the preseason polls, um, which I think is still a little low, but I understand why they were picked sixth. They don't have that signature star this year. You go back to 
The first year they made the tournament, they had Tremont Waters, they had Nas Reed, some real kind of firepower at the top of the, the lineup with good complimentary pieces and Skyler Mays, Javante Smart, Darius Days, Emmett Williams around them. Going into the next two seasons, you had Skyler as kind of the the, the face of the program and, and, and the go-to guy, your 18 to 20-point-a-game guy who was consistently giving you buckets every night, and then you had the good the good players around him playing their roles. And then last year, you had really kind of Cam as, as sort of your primary weapon, but still Trendon and Javante and Darius able to to give you things on a, on a night-to-night basis. I don't know if you have that guy this year that's just going to be a certified 20 points a game, consistent every night. I think it's going to come from different places on different nights. That can be good and bad. That can be good in that it's hard to prepare for you. It's hard to guard you. It's hard to game plan for you. It can be bad because you may not have that guy that can go out and get you those buckets every night when you need them. Um, if anyone can develop into that player, if not this season before his career's done, I think it's Brandon Murray. He, he's making a ton of shots. He's competitive. He's a hard worker. I really like where um, his career is headed. I think uh, LSU's fans are going to love watching him play the way he competes, the way he gets after it. Um, he elevates everyone around him uh, in the way that he practices. I, I wish everyone could see it. You'll see it soon enough on the floor, but it's really fun to watch in person. Here's Will Wade talking about what he's seen from Brandon Murray early in his career. Brandon Murray, man, our fans are going to love him. He is a, he is a, uh, he is a pit bull um, and uh, I mean, we're we're running five on zero offense at at seven o'clock in the morning, and, and and he's cutting like we're you know we're in overtime of the national championship game. Like I mean, everything he does is 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 he does it uh, extremely hard. He does it the right way, um, and so he he's he is he is absolutely uh, absolutely tenacious. Um, and so you know we're excited about uh, we're excited about those guys. Uh, we're excited about those guys in the backcourt. Excited to see Brandon Murray take the floor for LSU this year. Um, I'll let Will Wade finish off this episode by talking about his bigs. I know I've been a little guard focused, especially with with Pinson and with Mawani as, as sort of a swing man, and then that Brandon Murray piece right there. Um, I'll let Will Wade talk about the rest of the back, or excuse me, the rest of the front court uh, and some of the guys that may help out there. Um, the only reason that I'm cutting it off here is one, I'm at the 30 minute mark, and I don't want to make these too long. But two, um, those are the four guys I've kind of watched the closest when I've gone out and watched um, practice. Now, part of it's been like, you know, uh, I'm sure there's some names y'all are excited to hear about, an Adam Miller or an Efton Reed or Atari Eason. Um, all those guys are, are, you know, in Tari and Adam, you have transfers um, from Cincinnati and Illinois, respectively. And Efton Reed, you have a five-star guy that signed with LSU late. Um, even a guy like Jarrell Colbert, who's going to be a big part of what LSU does inside. And Will's going to talk about those guys in a second. Um, I just haven't seen quite as much of them as I have the other guys. Um, I didn't even talk about Eric Gaines today, and I think he's improved a lot. Um, when I've gone out there and watched it yesterday, I was out there and they were working on zone offense, and he buried three or four threes in a row, which was really exciting to see. But we'll have plenty of time to talk about all those guys uh, this entire season of boot up. Um, and certainly after the Nichols game on Saturday, we should be able to see um, some of those guys in action and maybe dive a little bit deeper on them. But I wanted to keep today's focus on the leadership crew and then give a shout out to Brandon Murray, who I think has just been exceptional every time I've been out there. I'll end this episode by letting Will Wade tell you about the rest of the bigs, the rest of the front court, and what he expects from them this season. Yeah, I mean, Efton Reed is extremely, extremely skilled. Uh, especially on the offensive end, he plays kind of like a European European style big. He's got the jump hooks. He can make threes. He, you know, he, he's got got a uh, a lot of offensive weapons. Um, Jarrell Colbert, somebody who plays extremely extremely hard. He's only been here two months, and so 
Uh, we're continuing to, to, to work with him, and, and he's somebody that just, just plays all out every possession. He's, he's a really good defensive presence, really good shot blocker, um, does a good job in the screen and roll uh, offensively. He's a very good screener, probably our best screener. Um, and so, so I like what we've got with Jarrell. And then, like you said, with Sharif, we've got to get him healthy. Um, you know, he's, he's, his foot's banged up right now. He had a concussion a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, he's been out. It's been probably, you know, three months since he's, since he's had a, you know, a full week of practice, three or four months. So we just got to, we got to get him healthy. We got to get him, we got to get him feeling right and get him healthy. He's a talented, talented player. Uh, but we just got it. We got to get him. Um, we got to get him healthy and get him. Get him in a spot where he can. He can uh, consistently, you know, practice and and so we can. Um, so we can put him in the game. This is pretty normal, but that little quote that Will had about Sharif O'Neal applies to a couple other guys. At least when I've been out there, and I've only been out to practice two or three times, so it's a very, very limited limited sample size. But I haven't seen guys like Tari Eason in action as much. I haven't seen Efton Reed in, in action as much. They've just been in and out with you know nicks and bruises here and there. Um, so. We will talk about them. Don't worry about that. Uh, I know I said we would finish on the talk about the bigs, but I, I will actually finish on this note. The one thing that I've really picked up big picture from from um, us, two things, two things that I've picked up big picture from this team and watching practice. One, I think they have the personnel to be better defensively. They're missing, and again, I haven't seen every guy in action every day when I've been out there. They're missing that elite rim protector, that Cavell Bigby Williams type that is really hard to get in college basketball and, and really changes your defense entirely for the better. But this is as big and physical and athletic a team sort of in the the one through four positions that I've seen from LSU. Now, Pinson's not a big muscular guy. He's listed at 6'2", 154. Um, Gaines is listed at 6'2", 150. So you might be missing a little beef at the point guard position. But everywhere else, you have guys that are, are physically ready for the SEC, whether it's Efton Reed, who's 6'11", 240, whether it's Tari Eason, who's 6'8", 220, Mawani, 6'5", 210. Um, Alex Fudge, I didn't talk about on on this episode, is is six eight. He's listed at one eighty five, but he looks fluid and smooth out there. Days, as I mentioned, best shape of his life. Brandon Murray six five two fifteen. Like this group is physically ready to defend. Now I don't know how they're going to defend exactly because it's been an issue under Will Wade's um, teams the last couple of years being consistent defensively. Last year they finally solved their their three point shooting defense woes, which had killed them the year before. Um, I'll pull up the numbers right here. Last year, LSU held teams to just 30% shooting from three after the year before teams shot 35% from three, but then LSU couldn't rebound misses last year and they couldn't create turnovers um, as, as much as they had in, in years past. So I don't know what the calling card for this defense will be. I've seen them work on a lot of zone defense and, and mixing some zones. That'll probably be a part of what they do. They may, they may look for that early, but I know it's a point of emphasis. I do think they have the personnel to kind of sit down and guard and contain the ball, which is, which has been the, the primary issue for LSU sitting down, containing dribble penetration. I think they've got the personnel to do that. I'm curious to see how it translates on the floor, but the bigger picture thing that I want to leave you with is I really like this team. I really like watching this team. I like the personalities on this team. They're a very likable group of guys. I mentioned I've done some interviews with them. Moani, Xavier, Darius Days. There's a lot of really friendly personalities on this team that I think you're going to endear yourselves to really quickly. Um, when they get on the court, they can turn it on. They turn on that competitive juice, and they get they get you know engaged and, and locked in and, and, and sort of that nasty edge competitively that you want to see. But as soon as the ball stops, the whistle blows, and, and it's it's no more basketball, they're really likable. Really good guys that shake your hand, say hello, 
go around the gym engaging with with everyone that's there. Um, it's a really likable group. So I'll leave you with that note and uh, and let Will Wade kind of take us out by talking about how much he likes this team and, and how sometimes that can present a little bit of a challenge for a head coach who needs to motivate the troops a little bit. Yeah, it's been exciting. You know, um, I really like the group that we've that, that, that we've put together. I told our team the other day, it's hard for me to get mad at them sometimes because I like them so much. Like, actually, they're, they're fun to be around. They're fun to coach. Like, it's, sometimes I got to make myself mad before I walk into practice so I can so I can I can kind of get out of us what I need to get out of us some days but I don't know how well all of you know Will Wade um, getting himself fired up for practice usually not an issue but this group is really likable I'm excited to see them on the floor hopefully that uh, that translates into a lot of wins okay that'll be it for today's episode we'll come back next week we'll look at the uh, the LSU nickel state game what we learned from that exhibition game also, as I mentioned, I've got a few interviews in the queue. I've got one with Will Wade that's more big picture, broader discussion, less about his personnel, more about you know being in his fifth year at LSU and, and sort of the big picture things that he's looking at as on the eve of the season. I'll probably use that episode next week, uh, that interview next week on the next episode, but we'll see. We'll see how the exhibition game goes and how much content I can get out of that. I still have interviews with Xavier Pence and Darius Days, Mwani Wilkinson. We'll have more with more guys in the weeks to come. We have some exciting projects that we're doing basketball-wise that these interviews are related to, perhaps a video series that you might be interested in watching that maybe Will Wade talks about in our interview that will be pretty consistent throughout the season that I think fans of this podcast will certainly enjoy. We also have some really fun things going on in the PMAC this year, trying to improve and enhance the in-game experience. So if you're listening to this podcast and you've made it all the way through, why not let me plug? Go to lsutix.net, get you some season tickets for basketball season this year. We have some really cool things going on, as I mentioned, inside the PMAC, some really cool things going on with the student section and maybe, just maybe, you'll see the debut of General Wade. I that's just a teaser. Just take it for what it's worth. If you want to tell your friends about it, keep an eye out for General Wade because it could be coming down the road. All right, that's it. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode of Boot Up, the LSU Basketball Podcast. Where is Cody? He's on vacation. State media takes vacation. You go to North Korea for vacation. Can you go to Pongyang for vacation? Is that possible? No. Yeah, we got to check we got to check for when Cody gets back from from North Korea. <laughs>